Good morning. It is the 10th of April 2021. Welcome to our weekly news roundup. I am Lydia Lakwonyero. In our first story this morning, President Yoel Museveni described the late Dr. Cyprian Kizitolwanga as a developmental leader who desired his flock to live a happy life. Dr. Lwanga died on Saturday due to heart failure at his home in Lubaga and was buried on Thursday. Speaking during the state funeral held at Kololo Airstrip on Tuesday, the president said following his installation as the Bishop of Kasanaluwero in 1996, Dr. Luanga established a microfinance named Tuwekembe which has improved the lives of people in Luwero. Museveni warned the public against mass gatherings at funerals which could put them at the risk of getting COVID-19. Bishop Anthony Ziwa of Chinda in Mitiana who presided over the mass said Luanga passionately preached about love of God and mankind which must be embraced by the public. Archbishop Luanga has preached the gospel, the word of God. He has taught us to know and observe God's commandments mentioned in the gospel text. And as we know, Jesus summarized the 10 commandments into two. One to love God with one's soul and heart and secondly to love one another as one loves oneself. I think Archbishop Luanga works during his lifetime were intended to put in practice God's commandments. Whether Archbishop Luanga was busy with the social economic projects, whether he was preaching the word of God, he was always emphasizing emphasizing to observe the commandments of God, loving God and fellow human beings. In a related story, Pope Francis appointed Bishop Paul Semogerere of Kasanaluwero as the apostolic administrator for Kampala Archdiocese after the death of Dr. Cyprian Kizitolwanga. The appointment was made by the papal nuncio to Uganda, Luigi Bianco, during the requiem mass for the fallen archbishop at Rubaga Cathedral. And now I am on the policy an important message about the administration of the Archdiocese of Kampala during the time of the vacant see after the death of the Archbishop Cyprian Kizito Luanga. The Congregation for the Evangelization of Peoples in the name of His Holiness Pope Francis has appointed his Dorship Paul Semogerere, Bishop of the Diocese of Casanueva, as Apostolic Administrator of the Archdiocese of Kampala. Also in the news, truck drivers have expressed anger with South Sudanese militia groups that murder Ugandan drivers. Byron Chinene, the chairman of the regional lorry truck drivers, says there are increasing incidences of South Sudan militia groups waylaying trucks and forcefully demanding for money. He cautioned drivers to continue the vigilance as they convey cargo in the war-torn country. Meanwhile, rights activists through the National Taxpayers Protection Organization want the new taxes which are being proposed by the government to be dropped. The government had through the Ministry of Finance announced among other new tax measures an annual license on cars and 30% increase on properties as a way of widening the tax base which has sparked public outrage. 
Now the Taxpayers Association President Joseph Kasibante told journalists from the Uganda Journalists Association offices in Kawempe that the new taxes would adversely impact on the economy which still suffers the effects of COVID-19 if not suspended. Taxes should be indirect. So these direct taxes, I think the government should uh, drop that idea. And secondly, recently we have been in coronavirus uh, epidemic lockdown. Now, how can you really come at this time and then you increase taxes? I appeal to the government to take into consideration that the people government is taxing heavily. They have not been working for most this year. Also... Newly elected NRM legislators tested for COVID-19 ahead of their retreat that started this week. The testing was conducted at Kololo Airstrip by the Ministry of Health. Over 400 members were expected to attend the retreat at the National Leadership Institute to appreciate the party ideology as they legislate in the 11th parliament. The party's national treasurer, Rose Namayanja, confirmed that the retreat will end on the 29th of April, but attendance for breastfeeding members still hanged in balance because they had not had any arrangements for the babies. There has always been special arrangements, and we have had those babies there. You remember at one time, there are times when they were, His Excellency himself would even interact with those mothers in Ichangkwans, the previous uh, meetings we have held. But like I said, this is not like the ordinary ones we have had. We are going to see how it works out when we reach there because it goes to the facilities. What we know is that Changkwanzi has been enlarged. There are new facilities that have been put there. We want to see the conditions that are there and then determine what will be done and we shall be communicating to them accordingly. Meanwhile, the party's Deputy Secretary General Richard Tudong refuted allegations that they shall also discuss the speakership of the 11th Parliament. We are meeting for many other things. That issue of the speaker is not discussed in, uh, in the retreat of uh, Changkwans. That issue of the speaker will be discussed in the Central Executive Committee meeting of the party. And the Central Executive Committee meeting of the party has not yet been convened by the chair of the party. So we are not discussing that. It's not part of our agenda. We are not discussing. There will be a speaker at the right time. The speaker shall be elected by members of parliament who are going to be sworn in in May. In central Uganda... The Rakai woman member of parliament, Juliet Subi Chinyamatama, has announced her bid to contest for the race of the speakership in the 11th parliament. Chinyamatama becomes the fifth person to declare her interest on the post, joining the incumbent speaker, Rebecca Kadaga, her deputy, Jacob Olanya, FDC's Ibrahim Semujung Nganda, and DP's Richard Sebamala. Chinyamatama, while launching her campaign, flanked by her campaign manager, Javira Semwanga, who is the Buyamba MP-elect, said she has all the abilities to lead the next parliament. She also said most of the MPs in the 11th parliament are below 45 years of age, hence it is important that one of the arms of government is headed by a young person who will be able to push for the interests of young people. I think the biggest person behind me is the voice of the people of Rakai that sent me to this parliament. They sent an able leader and therefore I am here because of them. If they had not sent me back to parliament, I wouldn't be here. So majorly I am here because I was given opportunity by the people of Rakai. You see, serving the people of Uganda has nothing to do with knowing so and so. It is only about the people of Uganda not the relationship, not knowing so-and-so, and not being a woman. Chinyamatama also said she doesn't plan to invest any funds in the race as she has no money. She instead asked fellow legislators to vote for her capability.
She said once elected, she will improve parliament's accountability to the public. So the major, the major issue, the major issue would be accountability, parliament accountability to Ugandans. And how will I do this? I'll make sure that I have quarterly updates to the public. For example, how many bills are you passing in one quarter? So when that quarter ends, you come out to the public and mention that this bill was passed, this was not passed, so that the public knows where you have failed and where your potentials are. In Katakui district, the human rights advocates have raised concern over the increasing cases of child desertion, mostly by mothers who are victims of domestic violence. Figures obtained from the Foundation for Development of Children at Risk in Katakui show that five cases of child abandonment have been reported this year. Frederick Adolai, the executive director of Fordka, explains that mothers leave the children with their fathers due to misunderstandings. He advises mothers to always report cases of domestic violence to the relevant authorities instead of leaving the innocent children to suffer at the hands of their fathers. I want to make it categorically very clear that it is against the law to desert children who are young. So instead of mothers deserting children, it is better for them to go to relevant authorities like the LOC1, like the clan leaders, either the probation office, police, and even other stakeholders like us who are responsible for ensuring that there is peace in the family. I think it would be much better because it has become very, very difficult really to see such children suffering. A mother doesn't leave a kid of two years, children, a child of eight months, a child of three years is against the law. And I think we shall not tolerate this. We only urge them to seek guidance from relevant authorities so that such problems are solved amicably. Transfer of aggression is very bad, and this is where children are affected in families that are affected by domestic violence. Children are affected. So we want to ensure that children are protected by ensuring that the families are also peaceful. Don't desert children. Children are innocent. In the case, if you're leaving the home, go with the children for a while as measures are being sought to see how you can reconcile with your husband, but don't leave your children exposed to so many risks. Amid the COVID-19 lockdown, there has been a rise in the incidence of child abuse of various forms throughout the country. Globally, COVID-19 lockdown measures have exposed children to more sexual, physical and emotional abuse and neglect. In Madio Kolo, residents in the neighboring Ajayi Game Reserve have been accused of attacking wild animals. The Uganda Wildlife Authority warden in charge of Ajayi, Babu Bakit Ulanya, is concerned about increasing poaching in the game reserve. He says some of the suspects arrested have been taken to court and those found to be first offenders are advised to desist from the act. As far as the animal species are concerned, we have them, though they are few, but we are protecting them. We carry out patrols to apprehend these culprits. And once we get them, we liaise with the police to prepare the files and take them to the court. Uh, there are some uh, cases whereby if we have first offenders, we try to build in any bit. We caution them together with the local leaders and release them for the first time. During this season, I'm saying there's, a, and there's some increment in the activity. So what we are going to do, we shall tighten up. Everybody will be taken boat. Of course, we shall do it with police. The charcoal burning is so rampant that it has exhausted most of the trees outside here. I want to say that it has reached the protected area also. We tried to tighten on them, but now they have changed also the mode of doing it. They cut the, the trees, carry them outside and burn them. But we try our best also to follow them, to arrest them from outside. Because according to the Wildlife Act, we are mandated to protect wildlife wherever it is, whether it is outside, we are mandated to do that. He appealed to the judiciary to slap tougher penalties on those convicted to deter others from illegal poaching. 
The current wildlife animal species in Ajai Game Reserve include hippos, warthogs, bushbucks, lions, pangolins, buffaloes, and giraffes. In Gulu, low revenue collection in the district has affected the district council business. Simon Peter Uchen, the senior finance officer in charge of local revenue for Gulu district, says they were only able to hold three meetings out of the planned six because of low revenue collections. A district council meeting which includes that of an executive committee cost 17 million shillings per sitting. He says they had fewer council meetings because of failure to collect enough local revenue to fund the sittings. Unlike other programs funded by the central government, district council meetings are funded from local revenue. Ochen revealed that they used to raise more revenue from forest products, but this is no longer available since COVID-19 broke out. Kulu district budgeted to raise a total of 1.2 billion shillings from local revenue, but only realized 560 million shillings in the 2020-2021 financial years. In the event we are unable to realize the quarterly limits, our hands are tied. Because most of our operations of, of council is dependent on local revenue. So this has affected operation of the district and the sub-counties. Then the other thing which has affected us so much is uh, we should have held at least like two or three council meetings now. That has also not happened. Most of our councils have not sat as the law requires. Just because we are unable to realize enough local revenue to support their sittings. And with that story, we come to the end of our news roundup. Good morning.